0: listeners, and welcome once again to Cosmic Crit. I'm your favorite goblin operative, Jabert. And Bumfuzzle. Wait, I'm your favorite player, Jabert. I'm your favorite goblin op. You get it. We are so thrilled that you've joined us once again. We are drawing very near to the end of Season 2, and it is getting really exciting. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for for all the love that they've shown Bum Fuzzle over this season. it's We've gotten a lot of great uh, feedback about uh, our little goblin friend and it's been really, really great uh, for everybody to um, have enjoyed this character so much and it means a lot to me, personally so I want to thank you for that. Uh, and I also want to wish all of our American listeners um, a Happy Thanksgiving. It's coming up this week and uh, we're, we're hoping that you get lots and lots of good food in your tummies, and for everybody who's not in uh, America right now, uh, I also hope you get good food as well. And I also uh, want to say I am very thankful to all of you. That's what I'm thankful for this uh, this Thanksgiving. Something else that I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving is for Sirenscape. We recently did a stream uh, with Sirenscape where we played the Beginner's Box. Uh, for Starfinder and we were uh, featuring their uh, their uh, new uh, Sirenscape Beginner's Box Package and we had a lot of fun with it. We had a great turnout for the event and everyone everyone had a great time and Uh, I hope you did too, and if you didn't get a chance to see that, we'll have that up over at YouTube, and you can also catch it over on Twitch. We've got the the video still up there, and my understanding is that we're going to try to grab the audio out of that and sort of post that up for your listening ear holes as well, Uh, but we're working through that. So thank you one more time, and I won't take up any more of your time. We're going to get right onto the episode. This week, episode 114, you You don't mess mess with with the Zolan. Episode
1: commencing in 3, 2, 1, episode initiated.
0: We are all wired awake as the party hits me with a dozen nat 20s. And I will put their lead out and yank their chains as a failed fort save will make anyone's blood boil. And I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break out. I'm gonna break out my rusty crit and run this party through. Welcome back, Black Hole Sons and Bad Motor Finger Trigger Wielding listeners, to another episode of Crate Garden. I'm your GM, Patrick Cornell, and if you are feeling down on the upside this week, not to worry because allow me to make my super unknown fellow players here known to you right now as we start off this episode. To my right, let your drones motor race. Pick it up and let this baby purr. It's Tyler playing Nikithi with Drone Itis. I'm oiled up and ready to go. To his right, when she falls on black days, she summons up the sun to brighten them up. It's Rebecca Talara. Hello. Across the digital table, if I shot a big bear today, would you cry for him? It's Miles with a whim. Good evening. To his right, when this spoon man brings out his collection, you can be certain it's a trick attack, and he's not here to save you. It's Jabert bringing Bumpuzzle. Patrick, I'm old. <laughs> to my left. Nothing seems to kill him, no matter how hard I try. So let's just blow up on the outside world instead. It's Drew running with gas.
2: We've been away and away, Hello,
0: everyone. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, Patrick, I'm, I'm too old. I'm too old today. <laughs> too, it's a problem. Too old uh, to uh, to get the the musical reference. I think not. <laughs> You're well, not that old. The perfect <laughs> age. <laughs> Uh, Soundgarden. Yeah, you. that's. Uh, I knew
3: that one. Yeah. I oh. almost threw out a reference, but I was afraid it was too too obscure and nobody would get it.
0: Uh, <laughs> if it's Soundgarden, probably.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> I mean, outside of like one song, most people don't couldn't name another.
3: Well, I was going to say, all you have to do is be yourself. Does anybody know that song? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's Soundgarden. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Trust me. I believe I, you. I believe you. It sounds like Sesame Street. <laughs> uh, I
3: know. It, it. Yeah, it's got a message like Sesame Street.
4: I can't contribute to the conversation, so let's play Starfinder. <laughs> <Ba-dow,
0: Yeah. bow. laughs> oh, I love that. I love that sound garden <laughs> <Tyler, laughs> sh- shut up, you Zoomer. <laughs> if you don't get the musical references, you're too young. Yeah, he Towers, our baby boy. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy.
1: Um, he was probably still uh, sipping from, from his Bobby when Soundgarden was out. <laughs> his
2: that Bobby. is not a phrase that anyone has ever used for that. <laughs> I was definitely Bobby's. Have you ever watched Rugrats, Drew? <laughs> it's oh, been, boy. It's been years, Miles. It's been years. Let's move. Well, Rugrats, another,
0: another thing. Tyler's too young to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he he watched Rugrats, but it was when they were all in high school for some reason. That-
4: oh, all <laughs> grown up. You disgust me, all Sounds like great shows. I have no
0: idea. <laughs> Guys, uh let's let's get back to it we had a little breather for you all last week after one of the craziest combats we had on the show and uh well we also had a bit of a cliffhanger last week so so you guys remember and i remember and listeners remember let's remind everyone what
4: happened last time on cosmic crit the team heads off towards the final lab, Power Dynamics. There, they find over a dozen scientists bound and gagged in an electrified chamber. Seems Evandrian had already set up a trap for our crew. Wynn does not prove
1: too useful in disarming Evandrian's trap, and mostly offers moral support, occasionally poking at the computers with his trident in vain.
2: While Talara and Kaz try to appeal to the Aeon Guard specialist to release the scientists, the rest of the crew manages to s- disable the
0: device. Just like Mama Gaba used to do, Bumfuzzle disables the scientist murder machine. But even though the data sources are all accounted for, we're not out of the woods yet.
3: Talara devises a plan to magically short-circuit the rune drive to turn it into a one-time-use device. But Mergelber insists that we do a test before hooking up such an unpredictable device to the Phoenix's respite.
0: That's... To
3: you, very difficult to say. Talara (laughs) can say it perfectly because she speaks Aquan.
0: Oh, right. You've got the (laughs) 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 you can roll your tongue, (laughs) 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 right? So that's where we left off, you guys. In the chamber of the rune drive, Talara just activated her infinite world's ability. And you know, you guys are seeing if you can awaken the Aeon Stone in the heart of the device. And as it gained power, the energy um, uh, that you guys are putting off alongside that, the temperature kind of drops, and you can see at first an infinite white glow of what seems like just unbridled cosmic power kind of convening here, and it begins to settle and fragment into a few portals around you. And then all at once, you are are gone, whisked away where you're once standing. You see none of your teammates, but there's just a void around each of you as you're individually swallowed up in this magical storm and things begin to fade to black and slowly the light fades back in and we see ourselves now in a a science facility uh, on Arelos. this very one but it's not the same one at least not the same time for here we see nikithi hard at work tyler tyler what is happening here
4: so nikithi is standing at a bank of computers and he's working uh, frantically. <clears throat> an Atlante lead scientist spits insults towards him, demanding he work faster or be removed from the team permanently. So he keeps his head down and we see him like this for hours as they pass with little else happening around him. And he kind of just relives this day, trapped in a purgatory of constant scientific tinkering and theorizing. But we zoom in closer and we can see the screen that Keithy is working on. And you see we see an outline for a metal frame, shaped similar to an Akata, With various types of biotech woven into and between the wiring and techno flesh that makes up its muscles and skin uh and then from within his clothing he kind of tries to stealthfully produce his custom rig and he interfaces it into the computer and begins downloading all the data as well as data from several other similar prototypes each based on a different animal after a second we see the words delete all files and backup files appear blinking Every few seconds. Nikithi takes in a deep breath and he slams his tendril down on the console, wiping all of his research and anything related to the biotech weaponry he was developing. Alarms begin to blare and the Aslanti lead turns, looking confused for a second before his face turns to anger and hate. Gods! Kill this thing! Nikithi calmly produces five small boxes of his own design and sets them on the ground in front of him. He then connects each of, his, each of them to his custom rig. The lead backs away, looking warily at the small boxes on the ground. What are you doing, creature? I... I'm leaving. Consider this my formal resignation. He hits a button on the rig, and the boxes unfold as silver goo begins to bubble and form shapes. Several Aslante guards burst into the room just in time to come face to face with a large scree sire that screeches in their face before leaping into them, thrashing wildly and pulling off limbs. Soon after, a Kaseric, K Pin, and even a Diaspora worm join the fray and begin to spread into the facility. More alarms beginning to blare as chaos erupts all throughout. We see Nikithi walking towards the elevator that ascends to the upper levels. As he enters the elevator, the doors begin to close and we see several other alien scientists running towards him. They plead for him to wait. Sorry, but I do not have time for tagalongs. The doors close and we see the scientists lose hope, some even breaking down, silently muttering some alien curses. Reality then distorts for a quick second, like an old TV flickering after losing reception. And after a pause, the elevator doors open back up. Nikithi is standing inside, smiling. However, I am in the need for a new team to help escape this hellish nightmare. They all begin to pile inside and begin their ascent towards a new beginning and what would eventually be Nikithi's escape from this facility years before. Hold that door,
0: (laughs) (laughs) hold the door indeed. The, the magical kind of like infinite worlds clouds swirl here from this scene into another maelstrom. And this is the Aurelis is just kind of uh, washed away. And now we see what looks like another, uh, a forest of some sort comes sweeping in um, surrounding us. And outside uh, of what looks like a large industrial plant, Wynne, we're back to you, Miles, with Wynne and his prior crew.
1: The rain drums constantly against the camouflaged tarp covering Wynne's head. Mud splashing from the forest moon floor where he lies, mats his darkening blue coat, but the bear doesn't seem to notice. His eyes remained fixated on a single silver door, a door very precious to the invasive Quindar Corporation, a door leading to the place responsible for poisoning and depleting what should be one of the most lush environments in the system, a door no one is supposed to know exists. But the Hexen Way had means of finding out secrets privy to few. When had known of the atrocities committed by Quindar. The heir of Quindar, ironically enough, blew the whistle, and though the bureaucracy moved to silence the information and do damage control, it was too late. Some secrets can never stay buried. When knew Quindar and their allies in astral extractions would try to replicate their horrendous experiments. The door upon which he bore his gaze was the proof. His team was silently moving through the hidden facility. And as soon as they were clear, several bombs went, ro- would render the location useless. The chattering of teeth broke his concentration. "'How much longer, Captain?' a young voice asked. Wynne looked down at a, at a small Lushunton, a laser pistol ready to, at, for any sign of trouble. "'Do not worry yourself, Sarian. They know what they're doing. "'We're hitting them at a time between drops and on a holiday for the Verisite. "'There should be little guarded resistance, "'and the handful of scientists behind will offer little trouble.'" The boy did not look reassured, but Wynn could see his attempt to keep a brave face. Sarian was far too young for this life, but he was determined and believed in the cause. Wynne liked the boy. His father had been a trusted friend in years past and by his side would be the safest place to be. Suddenly an explosion ripped through the facility. Shouting and shooting filled the air. Wynne leaps from his spot. What happened? It was far too soon. It seemed even the Hexen Way's reach of information had its limits. He saw his team running from an opening where the door once stood, exchanging fire with, Was that a Yoxian's? How is that possible? There will be time for those questions later. He roared and began laying down cover fire. Sarian, the ship, now. He pressed his comm badge. We've been compromised. Ready the ship for immediate takeoff. Open the hatch and be ready. Five minutes. They sped off, joining their comrades as they quickly made their way toward the ship. It wasn't until he was nearly there that he realized Sarian had fallen behind. He saw the boy a few meters away, who had slipped in the mud and was wildly shooting behind him. Running to his spot and scooping him up, wind began a mad dash back to the ship as it started to lift from the ground, the door slowly closing. Pain seared throughout his head. The bear roared in agony and lost his grip on the boy. One of their pursuers, armed with a lash, had caught up and had expertly utilized their weapon at Wind's face. Wind had been so concentrated on retrieving the boy that he lost awareness of his surroundings. With another roar, he took hold of the lash and yanked his attackers towards him, knocking him out with one blow of his massive paw. The ship would nearly be out of reach soon. He grabbed the boy by the hand and leapt toward the closing doors. He managed to grab hold of his one hand while holding the boy with the other reinforcements had arrived and were concentrating their fire not on win but the boy the rain made it difficult to maintain his grasp and serian was squirming so much trying to dodge laser fire that he feared he'd lose his grip on him as well. He could hear the boy screaming as loose shots made contact. With a roar of determination, he flung the boy over the edge into the hangar above him and pulled himself into the ship. Not allowing himself time to catch his breath, when rushed to Sarian's side. Burn marks pocked his body. Wind growled for a medic. A yasoki popped up almost immediately and gave the boy a brief look and breathed a sigh of relief. He's banged up, sir, but he's going to be hurt for a while, but he'll live. The bear collapsed against the wall and breathed a sigh. This had been far, far too close, and the mission that had seemed so simple instead kicked a swarm's nest of secrets and questions. Secrets that are not even known to the Hexen way, but secrets that he and his crew would, miraculously enough, live to find another day.
0: And he did live to fight another day. This day, indeed. The magical energy swirl around uh, the form of Win of the Hexen Way and wash him into the ether of space and time. And next, show us the form of Kaz. Drew, we're spiraling in on your character now. Where are you taking us?
2: A ship, ravaged by combat, drifts in the black of space, its cargo bay exposed to vacuum, running lights blinking in the darkness. A ramp descends, and three Aeon Guard emerge and take up offensive positions. Shots ring out from the catwalk above. Triggers are pulled in retaliation, killing those would-be attackers. Psych Lieutenant Janda calls out, Stand down, you fools. We know you are harboring an enemy of the Empire. Turn it over and we will allow you to lick your wounds and limp back to whatever hole you crawled out of. Moments later, an android emerges from a hatch flanked by two soldiers with obvious tears in their environmental protections, hastily repaired with tape. My friends here presumed they could trick you by pretending to turn me over and then shooting you in the back. I don't believe you're that unintelligent. I have no intention of going with you, but I do hope that we can talk and come to a mutual understanding." Well, the firefight happened almost instantly. One of the soldiers is struck down immediately, the other dragging Sedona back through the door and blasting the lock to disable it. More soldiers appear on the catwalk above, taking potshots as the Aeon Guard take up defensive positions. A reflection from the sight of a heavy weapon catches the eye of one of the Aslanti. He readies a shot, but this isn't how it happened before. Other memories flood Kaz's thoughts, training with Master Joran, learning from his fellow students, Sedona introducing him to a crew for a special mission. His weapon drops, his aim lost. The soldier fires an explosive blast that rips through the deck below them. Lieutenant Janda and the other Aeon guard are vaporized while Kaz is thrown from the ship. As he feels himself losing consciousness, a smile comes across his face.
0: Next up, the scene from space magically changes and we find ourselves staring at the airlock of a a gritty and grimy looking mining vessel. The doors open up here and we see a sight maybe familiar to the podcast listeners before, but I believe maybe not you all (laughs) have have seen this from from a previous season. Uh, Three goblins here, one of them with a glowing Aeon stone floating around his head. Yeah, as the airlock opens, the three goblins step onto the deck of a ship that they know as the Acreon, And here they expect some uh, some adventurers to be coming very soon, who uh, they have some business with. And so they've decided to come here and wait for them, uh, because wherever, uh, wherever these guys go, surely great things will follow. As they step on, uh, their leader, sort of out in front... Starts uh, delivering orders. Uh, he orders Cattywampus to go up to the bridge and secure the bridge, and he orders Bumfuzzle to get to engineering and get this, uh, get the uh, the gravity and the lights and everything back online. And as they as they begin to move off, uh, there is a glimmer of movement uh, from up towards the ceiling, and in an instant, Kaliwobble is set upon by a. A comparatively large, uh, awful beast, known as an Akata, and it begins attacking and tearing at uh, Kaliwobble's armor. And Cattywampus, thinking quickly, rushes over to the nearest uh, to the nearest door and is just hoping that there's not one of these things behind that door. And then opens it up and finds a crew cabin. Meanwhile, Bumfuzzle, with an unexplainable sense of deja vu. In this moment sees this thing tearing into his captain and reaches into a small pouch at his belt and pulls out a uh, sand tube but it's full of salt and he pours it down into into his uh, his gun and sort of jams it up in the barrel and just praying that this that this is gonna work Uh, (laughs) he points the gun at the Ikata and fires a shot and uh, obviously it doesn't work because that's not how lasers work so the gun jams and so then in the moment before uh, his junk laser goes off he flings the laser gun the laser pistol at the Akata and dives for uh, his friend Kali and just as the junk laser goes off like a salt grenade he's able to reach and cover up his captain Kaliwobble, and the, you hear the Akata scream, salty, salty pain, as this uh, this junk laser is destroyed. And Bumfuzzle uses uh, their momentum to carry Kaliwobble on down the hallway to the to the crew. And just then, a second Akata comes out from the engineering bay and leaps down the length of the ship, and it is mere feet away, when Bunfuzzle feels a small hand on his collar of his space suit and he is yanked to the side and into the crew cabin uh, and Cattywampus then slams the door shut. And now the three goblins are there in the darkness of this abandoned ship surrounded by Akatas, but all three of them are alive. Last but not least, the energy kind of reaches a crescendo as it swirls from Bumfuzzle's form and settles around Talara.
3: Talara finds herself in a familiar yet foreign place, a faded memory, now reality. It's a foggy scene she's watched countless times, playing it from the hologram device that has been hanging around her neck since before she can remember. (laughs) She can't help but be overwhelmed by fear just by being here. The room she finds herself in now is stark white, sterile with beakers and cots scattered about. A medical bay. An android wearing a white lab coat stands at one end of the room, taking a syringe out of a cabinet. They turn around and sigh. They have a kind face, an android created to have a good bedside manner. Talara follows their gaze to the opposite end of the room, Cowering beneath the cot is a small child with red skin and horns. It's Talara. The android assures the child. Talara, it's time. This is to help you, child. It won't hurt. Young Talara stares at the android not moving from beneath the cot. She narrows her eyes and stares daggers at the syringe in the android's hand. Talara remembers how she used to think that if she thought about something happening hard enough, she could will it into reality. Suddenly a crash something has hit the ship hard the android falls against the table behind them and exchanges a confused look with young talara another crash this time harder and the lights blink on blink on and off in the medical bay they're under attack angry voices can be heard on the other side of the door talara remembers what happened now it's the scene in her necklace she's watched it happen a million times Soon, pirates would barge in the door, shoot the android, and take Talara, screaming back to the venerable Captain Shivas. She'd have a lot more to fear in a few minutes than a little syringe, but now Talara could change the outcome. Thinking quickly, she mangles the doorway, making it impassable, but it isn't enough. The pirates try to break in, and she can hear them slamming against the doorway. One of them shoots, and the blast goes through a small space in the mangled metal and hits the android. They fall to the floor. Talara draws upon the alternate realities to lessen the blow. The android is hurt, but not fatally wounded. Talara begins to chant an abyssal, and with the door blocked, young Talara is able to make her way across the room to the android's side. Meanwhile, the pirates finally bust down the door, only to find themselves greeted at the doorway by a bloodthirsty demon, and behind it, a frightening half-demon with glowing, glowering yellow eyes and an ethereal, otherworldly haze swirling around her. Get Get out, out, Talara demands, and her demon bites as the pirates run away. Talara knows she's running out of time, but before she turns to go, she tosses the fragment from the rune drive that she has clutched in her hand over to the android. I don't need this anymore, and gesturing to the small tiefling at the android's side, she adds but she might. Turning to the young girl, she says tenderly, don't let your world define you. You have the power to define your world. The possibilities are endless. Talara grins and the child nods, almost as though she knows that to be true already.
0: Indeed, the possibilities are infinite. You have magical capabilities. Mm. Um, these, These scenes kind of all happen at the same time as your characters are buffeted I mean through the the quantum realm of, of space and time were these happening again or were they happening in your timeline you're not sure but as soon as you all are through them you're back into the real world and you can hear the team of scientists outside monitoring the rune drive uh, while this kind of green purple magical energy starts the waves whirling around the the science chamber here begin to like ebb and flow and, and retreat back into the device. Mulgurber is shouting something in an awkward and then to you all says, uh, You did it! I, I got all the data that I needed. Uh, pull them out! Flood the room with coolant! Let's get out of here! And you all slowly come to you. find yourself back in this chamber in Lower orellos Mulgerber says once again, Hey there! you You all... Or alive, that's good. <laughs> well, we're going to need to get this device back upstairs and get it attached to your ship pronto. Yeah, uh, pronto's think... better than Lato. What, what all did you see in there? I saw things that
1: couldn't possibly be real. They were like memories, but they were different somehow. Wynn's kind of very... He's not disturbed, but he's he's just very dazed by what just happened.
4: Why, why do I feel hungover and also have a weird fuzzy feeling in my heart. It is odd.
0: Well, I I can't answer that question, but uh, are you all ready to blow this pop stand? Indeed. Yeah! So yeah, preparations are made. The the scientists down here uh, begin to detach the rune drive uh they will make use of one of the uh carts that you fixed bum puzzle and like put it in the the back of that nice uh and you all can and yeah you can start your ascent up the elevator to the the upper level as they do that um uh Mer-Girl burr says that they will come up with the rune drive immediately after you um and as you guys are ascending to the top you do get a message from erio uh, who says uh I, I've been monitoring up here and well, I saw an Aeon guard come up earlier, uh, but they, they left. Uh, I hid from him. The, the scientists you sent through though, are ready to escape when we send them the word. I am down in the science dormitory with them, readying to leave, but we are ready to come up. Just, just give us one moment. Uh, right, so you guys heading back towards the Phoenix's respite. First, you have to go back to, to the upper level of Aurelos, this top level. Yeah, as you uh, run through the facility, past um, all the different places, you've you've had some fights here. You, you've dropped some guards in, in the the scaffolding of the, the elevator um, and security rooms. And run past the elevator to the science dormitories and back north. Uh, you get to this top level where you guys cross the retractable bridge section. And uh, opening up the doors here, the bridge is still extended. And on the opposite side, you see a pale green light uh, as you open up the doors here, about 60 feet out, just on the edge of your dark vision. The the air is whipping through this seemingly bottomless valley. Pretty, pretty fast, pretty... Uh, Pretty shrill sound, but over it you hear uh, a chuckle as a pair of gloved hands begins clapping, just and stepping forward onto the bridge. You see the frame of a man dressed in a purple suit of armor, helmets partially up with a shaded visor, so you can just see his mouth. It's the same smoky shape you saw in the video sent to Skralen on Outpost Zed. That of one... St- certain is Lanti Sardat welcome to Arelos everyone the name is Zolan of the house Ulavestra a pleasure to meet my acquaintance I am sure um, I'm taking us there on the map this is what you guys see armor is up right now and the the helmet is up and he identifies as the Zolan <laughs> Sardat Zolan Ulavestra.
2: It's a good thing that purple and blood mix together to make a nice color combination.
0: What do you want with us? Uh, he kind of leisurely walks uh, forward into the middle of the bridge here where you, you see the his figure on the map. He says, oh, why? I just wanted to thank you all for bringing me my... Rune Drive, my friend Evandrian has explained that you all have been hard at work unlocking its secrets with my scientists. I'll be sure our history books know of your contributions to the Empire, posthumously of course. That's a kind offer, but we're going to have to refuse. And Wynne sort of kind of walks towards him as well. Ooh, you're, you're moving in the front of the gang of six and a half <laughs> that we have going on here? Uh, yeah. The, the, the blue bear speak for all of you I thought there was one of my kind amongst you he's one of us Kaz, Kaz, Kaz. It is Kaz, right? <laughs> Come on out. It's, it's nice to finally see you in person. Oh, uh, yes, there you are. I had heard a, a human Aslanti was infiltrating Nacondas, but I didn't believe it until I saw the footage in Golta with my own eyes. Seeing your face was certainly a surprise, as you can imagine.
2: I'm sorry I don't follow, but I will say the quality of your troops on Nacondas and elsewhere, left a lot to be desired.
0: <laughs> yes, an Aslante that kills his own kind, why it's enough to give the cadets nightmares. Tell me, you you don't remember who you are, do you? No, nobody told you either, did they? I know
2: enough, I know who I am now, and that is all that matters.
0: Kind of shakes his head while chuckling a little bit to himself. I'm sure it must have been a shock to the poor Lieutenant Charu to see your face before you killed her. I hope I might be able to provide us the same bit of sport here before you all die." As he says that the doors behind him uh, leading up to the, the elevator open up and a number of Aeon Guard walk forward with Vandrian, the specialist at their, their front. About four a guard, including Evandrian, blocking off uh, this really only means of escape here. The, the Sardak continues and says, now, if you all lay down your weapons, I promise Kaz that you will all live. As thanks for delivering to me the rune drive, you will each have a private solitary chamber in Golta in which to live out the rest of your lives. That is my best offer here.
2: Well, as you can see, I am already unarmed.
0: <laughs> and Cass oh, gosh.
2: takes several steps forward,
0: <laughs> getting right up in his grill. You get up into close combat range. You can can smell his breath. Wind, Wind definitely kind of falls behind him. What is your plan here? Do you do you really think you were going to be allowed to escape and and make it all the way to your ship? He looks uh, a little faux embarrassed as he like hits his head with his gloved hand uh, atop his shaded visor and says, oh, and that reminds me I completely forgot. He speaks into his wrist and says, this is the Sardat to the Star Runner. Commence firing upon the enemy ship. It is only a few seconds later that there's a shake to the rock ceiling above you all as dust begins to, uh, to fall on the bridge here. Uh, you see, Kaz, by the time you get up there, there will be no ship with which to escape. My vessel is going to reduce it to a smoldering wreck. So I say again, you all surrender now or die. Has this
1: uh, Haltree threat ever yielded any results?
0: You know when I agree. Get him.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Tropic Strike.
0: <laughs> are, are you punching him for real? Uh, yeah I want to are you
2: gonna uh, is, should i not is that a bad move for, um, for this
0: <laughs> go for it make make an attack roll see how this goes
2: you're getting just plus one right Moss? yeah it's an 18 versus the ac
0: uh yeah so as you try to sucker punch him he grabs your fist like in midair and you see there's some kind of like gauntlet going on here as a, a wrapped like purple energy band begins to glow on his fists and uh tell you right now no (laughs) not a hit no damage going through here and uh, he just kind of laughs and and chuckles and says oh you thought that was going to be your winning play did you these guards here are going to murder you but they'll leave you last for me Kaz once more the rest of you don't have to share his fate if you want to surrender now that is still on the table Uh, Sedona rushes forward at seeing you uh, struggling here, Drew, and says, Sardat, I remember what you did to me. We will not surrender. I will revisit the same misery to you that you did to me before you die. The Sardat laughs and, and says, the android also has returned to suffer the same fate as your friends. It's very touching. Sedona continues and says, Evandrian, did the Sardat tell you of his illegal seizure of the Nakondas colony in in neutral space? Did he tell you that he ordered Lieutenant Sharu to murder innocent civilians on that planet? That is why these people killed her and those cadets, they were all operating on his illegal orders.
3: Yeah, to make matters worse, he's stealing ancient stuff and and defacing them. Look at his armor.
0: And he stinks too. The Sardat kind of like sits and stews, throws Kaz's fist down as uh, you guys do see his armor kind of like formed up kind of like on its own as, as uh, Kaz threw that punch. And there is a large, ornate, like kind of bulky green section uh, on the chest with the Sardat's like house symbol etched on it. And
4: Keith, he might step up and hold out the pieces of the symbol that was, like, torn off that you mm. say. I believe that these symbols fit better on that armor than your house symbol, Sardat. The, uh, Evandrian
0: kind of, like, cocks his head and, and says, what are they talking about, Zolan? And the Sardat says, they know nothing of what they speak. They are
4: liars, and killers, all. Evandrian, I have downloaded many files, some from the Sardat's personal, some of his personal files, which explains all of the illegal activity is done. I only ask that you look at them, and then make the decision for yourself.
2: And Zolan, let's not also forget that Evandrian here was planning to to turn you into the Empire, for for going against them, for for creating the rune drive outside of their jurisdiction, hiding it from them. He was reporting back to them the entire time.
0: That is his job, but right now he works for me. You are to kill them, Evandrian. Evandrian kind of hitches up his rifle and turns around and, and opens the door behind him and begins walking towards the elevator. And the Sardad says, Evandrian, where are you going? Get back here and kill these swine. Evandria looks back over his shoulder shoulders and guard brethren and says, I promise to serve the throne, not some iconoclast Sardat who's got delusions of grandeur. You made this mess, Zolan. You can clean it up yourself. The doors shut here, and a, a very angry Sardat says... Oh don't need his help. I've had this science lab developing serums and genetic coding for years to turn me into the perfect specimen. If you all think I needed him to fight my battles, you are wrong. Guards, the three Aeon guards now will ready their rifles. The Sardat screams, kill them all. Oh, we are in combat now, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. oh, fish in combat. Make those, those missions.
1: Gladly. God, back to rolling like
0: garbage. Oh, hey. (laughs) Oh, we've got some some low rolls. We've got some high rolls.
4: Oh, beans. (laughs) It was going to be an 18. Was it? It was. Was being the key word there.
0: (laughs) We are in combat. Got the initiative rolled up here for, oh, combat two end all combats on the bridge over the the chasm here with Kaz himself <laughs> fighting alongside the Sardat. Uh, indeed. So
2: Fighting yes. alongside the Sardat. Yes. Fighting along,
0: alongside next yeah. to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you see his armor forming around him uh, as those green plates in his chest kind of like flop out um, and, and provide him some, some more armor. Uh, Those gauntleted fists start glowing a a violent electric purple. And, uh, you know, as he like forms them into fists, there's a glint in the Sardat's eye as you see an energy field kind of glisten over his armor. Something very familiar about that, almost magical, Kaz. And to start us out here, believe it or not, Bumfuzzle rolled the highest. (laughs) Believe it or not. Jabert, what you got? As uh, As the elevator doors shut, I make eye contact with Evandrian and I give him a couple little kisses and a little and wink at him. And uh, as a free action, I mark him as my quarry. Uh, <laughs> as bounder, as bounty hunter, baby. <laughs> so, um, and then as my actual action, I, uh, I'm going to uh, run up around our favorite Sardat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with that good old fashioned 45 foot goblin operative speed. Mm. And, uh, and as I run past, I'm just sort of like, I'm just sort of like, it's like I'm running towards Evandrian and then it's just, uh, the, the doors closed and I'm like, ah, no, he got away. And so I, uh, so I look up at, uh, I look up at the Sardat and I reach into my belt and I fling a, uh, and I fling a, uh, a wrench up at his face, and as he's ducking, I uh, I sort of come around to the backside and bring up my gun to like whack him in the side of the head. Almost there. The dice will tell us what happens. Uh, let's see flat-footed on this one. Flat-footed, and then including flank, uh, Sierra nine or lower. So close, and so far, so good. That is a success. Yes. Shoo! alright. Uh uh twenty-seven on the uh KAC. And flat footed. You need every little bit of that. That's a hit! Yes! <laughs> alright. <Yeah>. Wow, <laughs> yes. Uh eighteen points of damage as I clock oh. him in the side of the head. Oh, uh, alright. So there's there's some damage reduction here <laughs> through some part of this plated armor here, but you clunk and yeah, there's like a a perfect hairline fracture in the Sardat's visor that uh, like, shatters just a little bit. You can kind of uh, see like his right eye a little bit better, Kaz, through that. Um, wow, what a lot what of damage already here. The Sardat is next <laughs> and <Ruh-ruh. laughs> does not like being hit by the Goblinoid. Say that first off. Uh, nor being um, flanked by you both, uh, let's just let's just make an attack and see what happens against a uh, bum puzzle. Oh boy!
2: Oh <laughs> yes! Troll. Oh,
0: I wanged him! I wanged him so good upside the head! It, it just... <laughs> Patrick, I have a question: Is this a, yeah. a significant enemy? Uh, it is now. What is your KAC bum puzzle? It is twenty one. Oh. I'm sorry, what's your EAC? My EAC is 20. Okay, so not a critical fail. Holy no. <laughs> oh, no. no. Oh, no, so baby. Don't don't worry about that uh, whatsoever here. Uh, but it's a good start to the combat role a <laughs> natural one. That's always fun. Uh, he is trying to, like, grab at you, fuzzle, and says, meddlesome beast, I will end you for that. Kaz, we're on to you next. It seems little uh little taken aback by this uh this strict
2: um is there a quick action i can do to identify anything about his armor that uh maybe like something magical about it or or anything like that
0: um i mean you can roll uh mysticism if you want i will do that See if you can figure it out now that you get a, a good look at it. It's a 12 on the mysticism check. You have no idea what it does.
2: Well, then I guess I have to resort to what Kaz is good for—punching. Oh, we're gonna do hmm. two, two entropic strikes, and uh, Jabertus is this is flat-footed.
0: Uh, yeah, flat-footed and flanked.
2: Awesome. Uh, Flanking buddies. Flanked is plus two. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What'd you it's get? A
2: 19.
0: Uh, 19 against flat-footed EAC is a miss.
2: Okay, strike the second. Even worse. Not going to do that.
0: <sighs> Ooh boy. So, while distracted, still, those jabs at him uh, seem to be bouncing right off of his armor. Uh, next, uh, we have a, a number of Aeon Guard who are going to probably make some attacks here. I think first off, they're going to um, just kind of like fire kind of randomly on the bridge towards you all, uh, at least two of them. So let's do that first. Okay, both of these are our hits. They are providing uh, covering fire for the, the Sardat, um, giving him a little boost and that is against little and has and then the third one Uh I think we're just going to shoot win. Let's make a couple attacks versus when actually. Alright, natural 20 and a 16. Let's go starting things off with some assault rifle damage. Boop-a-boop. Boop. So this is going to be 3d8 plus 9. Uh, 19 points of piercing damage. Pop, pop, pop. Uh,
4: that is their turn, bringing us to Nikithi. Oh boy! Might as well. You're a lot of uh, annoying soldiers, and a very tight walkway, and a very big win. Uh, in the way. way, he can get past me. I can get past you, but I, I don't want to get past you. I want to shoot past you. Uh, okay. Nikithi is going to put his hand on Itis do a little bit of overcharging. Mm -hmm. Itis is going to take aim at the Aeon guard that is uh, closest to him from uh, on the opposite side of the hall. And Itis is going to take a shot. Just a uh, single shot. So
0: it's providing it to on Kaz, Covering fire actually just gives plus two to the next attacks that that happen. So this would include covering fire. So just... Just to clarify something, covering fire gives a circumstance bonus to AC.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's just the next attack, which would
4: be uh, this one. I'm not I'm not shooting. No, it's it's covering. It's it, plus two
0: to AC for an ally. So that's, yeah. Okay. You're right. you're right. If you're shooting the Sardat. That is. I'm not shooting the right.
4: Sardat. I said I was shooting the Aeon Guard that was closest to me down the hallway. Ooh, okay. Let's okay. see what happens here. Well, hopefully I roll high.
0: That would be useful.
4: That does it. I think that is Ooh, a high roll. Right. I think that is a
0: very high roll. This, is a, this is against
4: EAC, correct, Mundo? Yeah, and that's a natural 20, folks. Oh! But it wasn't a laser. Oh, wait. Yes, it was oh, a laser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we,
0: we need to thank our, our fans, including uh, we'll, we'll do the, the Casper Classic shout outs uh, as well as. Um, from Spec, much love to the crew of the Infallible Ill. I think we've had this one, but this is a, a shout out to Chuparicata, Clueless, Phoenix, uh, Havoc, uh, Dixie Mundo, Rainer, and Wookiee Cutter and Alice. This is the largest crew ever. And, uh, I also need to roll one for my crit. I forgot about my crit. I'm Go down the the roster here and ask Rebecca how you doing.
3: I'm doing pretty well.
0: Um, thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon and uh, making these crits happen. I always feel when you when any of us crits, it's like, oh, it's because we have supporters out there. Tyler, do you want a card for Itus? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, you've got some some pretty good effects with the artillery laser, but you could have a better one on the card. I could. <laughs> Uh, this is called Kneecap, and it's the critical effect the target is knocked prone and moved at half speed until healed.
4: Nice. I'll take a, a prone drop. Okay, so
0: this is the Aeon Guard at the front here. And what is the damage?
4: Well, I get to roll 1d6 because of the overcharge. So I'm going to roll that pretty. I'm going to roll that and see if I get. It. Average amount. Roll to three. Uh, so I do get the double damage. So that's going to be 13 from the uh, regular shot, 15 from the critical, Ooh. and three, otherwise known as 21. But I'm sorry, Whoa. 31. 31.
0: Whoa, 30. that's, that's an Ida shot, all right. Yeah. Uh, Through wind's legs across the bridge, and uh, uh, yeah, hobbling this guy. He's on the ground. Kneecapped it. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you have, uh, uh, you, you overcharge Keithy, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm out of act- I'm out of uh, stuff. I want to do
0: no movement. Okay. Then we are on to win. No. Talara's next. Right. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> I forgot how numbers work. Uh, Talara a six on the initiative roll and win a five. Sedona's going to go right after you
3: guys. All right. Uh, you know, I'm not throwing away my shot this time. Um, I am starting to summon. You see Talara uh, clutch her necklace. Wait, didn't Sedona take my necklace away? I should have taken or asked for that back. Anyway, uh, Talara <laughs> is chasing an abyssal and uh, clutches for her necklace and is confused when it's not there.
0: She gave Talara, it to you, though. Talara, you didn't need the necklace. The power was in you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, you say you're summoning?
3: Yep, starting a summon. Oh, also, I'm using my spell gem. I'm not using a spell slot for this.
0: Oh, okay, when onto Hugh. All right, so Wynn is
1: going to put get him on the Sardat. Mm-hmm. So he just he just you know, roars, get him! And is going to attempt to stab the Sardat with
0: his trident. All right, stabby away. That is a 24 to hit. Flat footed KAC, but he's got cover and fire basically negating that. Am uh,
2: I boy. flanking?
0: You are flanking with the bum fuzzle. So that I would be 26. Know. Against. Uh, yes. Uh, that is a miss. Oh, God. <laughs> At this stage, unfortunately. Uh, I needed that covering fire, though. <laughs> Thank goodness. So that's one of those eaten up.
3: Sorry, did that have get him on it? Does it still have get him on it?
0: Yes. Yeah, oh, just, that's a 27. Just put it on there, though. Uh, yes. Yeah, so including flanking... Twenty six and twenty seven. Uh, twenty seven is actually enough right now. Oh my god! Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if you hadn't done it, yet, um, that would have been a mess. What you got for damage? Uh, Fourteen here? points of damage. Okay. So once again, there is some damage reduction going through here, but uh, some of that's going to get through. And we are on to Sedona, who I think I think might tr- should she try to make a, a shot? She's got a an azimuth laser pistol
2: i mean she's been kill steel dona in the past
3: Wait, where's she, her corona she, she has had a, a corona. corona sorry yeah okay
0: good <laughs> it's better than azimuth yeah i don't think she's killing anyone right now <laughs> but i mean she can she can also try to take out Aeon guards can she ro- can she roll mysticism on this armor yes let's see uh, she sees up front. i've rolled a seven on a d20 and with her bonuses that's a 23 and I, still think that is not enough she is able to identify that is you know exactly what you guys were looking for is that where those plates from the science vestry came from and she'll call that out she says he's wearing prepped amy battle regalia i'm not sure what it does but be careful everyone uh she's actually she's gonna use a uh, a mental attack to try and give the Sardat back some of the damage that uh he visited upon her during her Torturous Interrogation. Uh, she's going to use Mind Thrust. So I'm gonna have to start Ooh. at, make a save. Oh boy, start at four on the the dice here. Uh, that is a fail. So yes. uh, d- does anybody want to roll 2d10 for damage? Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, oh. God. Oh, Miles! Miles, no. Miles. <laughs> oh yes, because I control the dice. <laughs> <laughs> two, a two on 2d10. Oh boy. Uh, Okay, so all that goes through. Good news. Bad news. <laughs> all that goes through.
4: <sighs> Could be twenty. Could be th- <laughs> That is turn
0: one. Uh turn two, we're back to bump fuzzle. Hmm. I'm gonna hold my turn until after Kaz's turn. Okay. Uh so that means the Sardat is is going and he's still on, he's still on a bump puzzle who's done the most damage to him, I have to roll better than that. So better gonna, than a one. Better than a one. If I can roll a two, that'd be... That'd be oh, good, oh God. my God. Oh, oh my gracious. God. The Sardat is the worst, <laughs> the worst character in this game. <laughs> I rolled have, another one, everyone. <laughs> there have been three ones rolled in a row. Oh, uh, boy, oh, boy. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, he <laughs> he's trying to catch a, a goblin, but apparently... Bumpus, Bumpus was covered in pickle juice, and he can't. <laughs>
2: That's my trick. That's my secret. <laughs> you gotta put jelly on all of your body.
0: Oh goodness gracious, <laughs> uh, Kaz, we are on to you. Uh, and is the uh, the
2: Sardath still affected by uh, the covering fire? Uh,
0: yes, I believe so. Yeah, so the next attack is is still going to be covered.
2: But just one of these attacks
0: I believe, yes.
2: All right, so I'm going to do two Entropic Strikes, and with the minus three for multi-weapon fighting and flanking and with get him. F- and get him.
0: <laughs>
2: um, is he still flat-footed as well?
0: Uh, he's He would not be flat-footed, I don't think. Okay.
2: Uh, so either way, this will this will just be flat rolls.
0: All righty. Against EAC.
2: Fourteen, not going to do it.
0: Four on the dice, no
2: but that should clear up the herring fire. Oh, yeah, it's gone. All right, cross your fingers, everybody. Here we go. 19 versus nope. the AC.
0: A miss. Uh, Once more, yeah, he uh, is, like, dodging out of the way. He's, like, super lithe. Um, the the blows you do connect just don't seem to do anything to his armor. And he says, Kaz, I have run my body through microprocessor design tests, making me lightning fast. You will not be able to strike me as I have programmed Ilahora." combat masters moves <laughs> into my skill set you know nothing of the fighting style the Aeon guard elite academy commandos whereas i know 10 ways to incapacitate you with my elbow alone apparently not this goblin though you see tries to swipe back <laughs> Bumble, so. Uh Bumble, your turn you
2: speak very very confidently for someone who has not yet landed a strike you may know of the uh, the Aslanti Aeon Guard Elite Academy, but I have studied under Master Jor and Master Vanguard, and we will see who will win this day.
0: Also, you studied under Bamfazel! Whee! And, uh, I'm gonna go beat the heck out of the guy who's laying on the ground. No! No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my only weakness, my my less armored Aeon Guard. Yeah. yeah.
4: Um, Get him yeah, so- up
0: yes yeah, so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, uh turn my attention away from the sardat and run towards this guy and i pull out like a like a bottle of just like uh akatonian olive oil and i just like dump it all over the ground where this guy's <laughs> at. so he's all slippery and uh uh i guess i'm just gonna i'm doing i guess i'm just gonna move about like five feet and then i'm just gonna like point my gun at him and well no no, no i got i gotta sorry no yeah, I'm going to uh, run up to him and then uh, dump this oil all over him. And I'm going to uh, whack him in the head with, with my gun. All right, so running away from the Sardat, a. Eh? Yep. Uh, now, will that provoke from from the Sardat? It will. I believe it will. Will I roll a third natural one against Bump Puzzle with my attack of opportunity? <laughs> Is that a thing that's going to happen, I
4: I hope so. Can we see uh, this? I have
0: I have a mo- I have mobility, so let it hopefully hopefully it'll work out. All right, let's see what his attack does. Oh no. All right. Oh, finally. <laughs> Natural 18. <laughs> That's a hit. So he yep. at least uh gives you an elbow as you're running away and you see yeah, this incredibly fast almost like preternatural reflexes um, give him that attack of opportunity um and it is a wound that he inflicts on you that is Um, gosh, unlike some that you've had before here. Um, more damage. Let's see, from a single hit, that is 27 points of bludgeoning and acid damage as his fists alight with entropic energy. Oh, from a striking acid maw attack. And as he, uh, whips that on you, he turns to Kaz and says, you know nothing of my fighting style. Are you ready to face me? Are you ready to finally hit me, Kaz? If you can, Bumble to make your attack. All right, yeah, I'm gonna punch this guy in the head with my pistol, even more angry than I was before. Uh, and I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give this fool a bleed. I think, like, like he's gonna live
4: through this, just just in case
0: he's on the ground. Oh boy, I, now I can use a natural one. If you wanna be kind, Jabert. No. Oh no.
4: No. No,
2: no. <laughs> no.
0: <Yeah>. no son. That's funny. That's Goodness gracious. Just okay, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be uh 30 uh, 40 42 points of damage and 6 points oh. of bleed. <laughs> what what are, what are the 3D8 you are rolling here? Is that uh, uh additional trick? That's my additional trick attack guard yeah. that doubles do. Uh, so so
2: do the guts from this guy spewing out happen to damage the other two Aeon guard <laughs> that are
0: standing next to him? Uh no, he's definitely dead though. Immediately <laughs> from uh well believe it or not two crits from you guys. We'll do <laughs> it. Uh, we, like got, we got to call out
2: another we got to call out another listener for a crit. well
0: I've I've run out of the season I'm collecting them for season 3 now but <laughs> Uh, let's roll another d6 and and casper well thank you everyone for, for helping us out tyler how are you doing tonight
4: uh i you know what seeing these all these crits really puts a smile on my face i'm a happy <laughs>
0: oh. don't worry i'll have like five more Aeon guard come in if you guys just crit these ones out of existence <laughs> the end of the, the battle okay that, that'll do it for him. He doesn't get a turn two, but the two other Aeon Guard do, and they, they see Fustle, uh murder their friend. So, I mean, they have to go like full DACA mode on, on our goblin friends. So four attacks come at the Bums. Bumfusles. No. Mm-hmm. All right. I've rolled. Okay. What is your KAC? Uh, 21. Well, this two is definitely a miss. The thirteen here is just a hit, right? No, I think the I think those are both misses. Yes, uh, the fourteen and the sixteen though on the dice are going to be hits. So, a couple of hits for fifteen points of piercing damage, right? Because you don't have any cover or anything. Just straight straight attacks. Yeah, next is Nikithi. That will do it for the two remaining Aeon Guard.
4: Mm. Nikithi is going to go ahead and do another overcharge. Uh, But this time, Idis is going to move forward just a little bit before she makes her attack on uh, the Aeon Guard that is right next to the person who has been splattered. Mm -hmm. And she will take her shot. And... And roll poor. Well, actually, that's not bad. Oh man, my bonus stinks.
0: <laughs> uh, Eleven on the dice isn't good. Yeah, it.
4: yeah. Eighteen against DAC
0: that is a miss. Um, anything you would like to do? I, I already did it, so I'm all done. Oh, Okay, well, then Talara is next and we have a new friend, right?
3: Yes, we have a small demon that has popped up um, and it's going to stand next to the one that Idis was just shooting at, the Aeon Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and small demon is going to take a single bite. I hate doing that.
0: <laughs> so I
3: could fish. It is an Aeon Guard. It's not like it's the boss. so
0: It's true. It's true. It is the fighting elite, though.
3: I'm going to risk it all and take two bites.
0: Yeah. Oh, goodness. Here we go. So in season
2: three, we need a crit fishing sound effect of like a lot of getting cast. I'm sending it to
4: Boomshakalaka.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. The first is an eight. That is not going to do it. Nah. Oh, and the six is a seven. Oh man! Yeah.
0: We all saw the twenty pop up and then go two instead.
3: Oh, that's Yikes. sad. Um, Talara, however, um, do I know the CR of these guys like from previous fights with them?
0: Uh, you have been able to affect them with fear before, if you recall from. Uh,
3: I have. Ooh. Well, in that case, Talara is going to target these two guys with fear.
0: <clears throat> and um, that's like right within like hundred feet or so, correct?
3: Uh, it is hundred and sixty feet. Excellent.
0: Uh, so a couple of will saves coming to them. Uh, oh, natural yeah. twenty on one of them, so he's. He's good forever. Well,
3: except that I learned recently that um, Fear, even if he succeeds at a will save, he will be shaken for one round. He just won't be frightened.
0: That's pretty good. Uh, What's the DC of this?
3: Uh, The DC of this is 16.
0: And the other one has broken. This guy up here uh, has not made it. All
3: right. So he is frightened, and the first guy is shaken just for one round. Mm
0: -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Then... Ooh, that is that is your turn bringing us back to win. Uh,
1: win is going to continue, uh, roaring get him at the Sardat.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. Yes,
1: and he is going to strike with his trident once
0: more and do nothing. Ooh, none of you roll a nine on the dice. That won't do. Uh, Sedona is going to she'll she'll try it. the same thing again. Make the Sardat pained. Uh, give him some mental anguish and hopefully some more damage so I'll make a, a start at roll a will save mind thrust uh, he's made the will save so half damage but uh, does someone else want to roll 2d10 in cycle 3 uh, uh, yes
4: yeah. oh, nice. so that's how <laughs> you <a laughs> do
0: it. this time
4: that's uh, how jabert rolls <laughs>
0: <laughs> in character only nine points of damage because he saved. Uh, nine points more. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Damage
1: on the board.
0: More damage on the That is turn two! Bring us back to turn three. We're back to the, the Sardat, and I, I mean, I can't attack Bumfuzzle ever again because I'm just worried about rolling more natural ones here tonight. Regardless of whether or not they be critical fails. Patrick, you feel free to roll as many natural ones as you want. Oh, I'm not here to tell you what to do. You roll all the natural ones you want. This is your game, buddy. No, I don't like you whatsoever. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have your guys' fancy ability to to reroll those failed uh, failed natural one saves. Um, but I think you will because <laughs> I, hate, I hate that you like murdered uh, his uh, his Aeon guard, and I think next target would definitely be Talara for magically warping their impressionable minds let's see here uh yeah as he's gonna go over to bump puzzle though he uh kaz you can make an attack of opportunity uh, as he's talking to you and, and moving backward he says kaz have you not guessed yet as to who you are do you remember nothing of your past or our connection the connection between you and i do you not feel it
2: i've seen space star wars i don't need to know anything.
0: <laughs> Speed Star Wars. Um,
2: uh Tropic Strike. Not going to do anything with that.
0: Oh, yeah. He just knocks your blow away and says, we share it. Can you not sense exactly who you are, Kaz? Uh, make an attack versus a bum puzzle. Good gracious. Good golly molly. I saw a one come up. I was like, no. <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> a 10 on the dice. Uh What is your EAC is 20? um 20, yeah. Okay. Finally, I <laughs> need to roll higher than a flipping six to get this off. He uh, kind of grabs at you, Bumpfuzzle, finally, and just yokes you up, his hand like on your throat, and lifts you bodily into the air. As his helmet opens up with a hiss of air, uh, you get to see this first Bumpfuzzle as he lifts you. The, the shaded kind of glasses raises up, and, and you see his face clearly for the first time. Uh, sharp features, a, a beak-like nose, a curt mouth with calculating purple eyes. While you might not be able to say anything, Bumfuzzle, you can see that it's almost like looking into a mirror version of Kaz, an aged version with tufts of white hair above his, you know, sideburns on these his long hair. Looks very similar to Kaz, indeed. He looks over at you, Kaz, as he's holding Bumfuzzle now precariously over the the pit. And says, have you not figured it out, Kaz? The Sardat says, well, Kaz, what do you, what do you think?
2: I don't care what you look like. I've seen the things that you have done. What you are doing is evil and I will punish
0: it. You're the best part of me that I spit into a Petri dish, a copy, a facsimile. You are a a lesser version of me that I commissioned in order to have a healthy supply of organs in case of an emergency you're a fluke. He drops Bumfuzzle down below.
2: Bumfuzzle!
0: A copy of a copy that thinks it's a real boy, but do you know what you are, Kaz? You're just to be continued. Oh, ah! Yeah. Yep. Yep. Can I just say I appreciate that we all just glossed over the fact that Bumfuzzle just died. Yeah. And just I, nobody said anything. Else. I everyone said things. Like, I
2: said Everyone
0: it. was just like, yeah that's about right
4: I, I called out to you <laughs> I didn't Interrupt the monologue. what do you want man? I, ca- yeah. I called out to you
0: and was about to save you but no we had to get to the to be continued moment oh, oh yeah Buzzle. the to be continued was so important thanks a lot Patrick <laughs> Buzzle, you got a natural crit in before you went you're gonna be fine uh no we don't I mean unfortunately you guys have no idea how <laughs> deep this hole is I'm so excited uh you could be alive we'll find out next time I was going to start the, the, the combat off with that. And then you would have known at this point if you were alive or dead, but you know, I had to roll two ones there <laughs> to keep the mystery going. I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, next up is Win. I'm going to throw everyone into this pit. <laughs> <laughs> As I can, um, we have, we have a lot of combat left here, guys. I knew this is going to be a super long one. So I'm going to pause it uh, here at the beginning of turn three. And come back and I really hope you all uh, leave nothing at the door because already, I mean, well, you have had two crits, but you're going to need a whole bunch more to get through the Sardat. Yeah, that's going to do it for us this time, guys, and we will uh, we'll start wrapping up this campaign when we come back next week.
3: Yeah, right. Um,
0: Thanks for playing with me. Thank you. Thank you're you. Best everyone out there thanks for listening we will we'll wrap this cliffhanger up next time i swear uh when we come back and that'll do it for us so have a great week good night Night. everybody have a good night
3: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20, and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.